Man, I just, I'm sorry, I, I, just a little bit undone. I don't know, every once in a while the Lord does that. I honestly wish, kind of wish we'd just keep going and just keep worshiping. That was really amazing. Um, uh, and uh, I'm gonna preach, but I'd rather just lay on the floor, I think. <laughs> I just, which sounds weird, but I just kind of feel like that. Sometimes the Lord just does that and moves that way. Uh, and I don't even know, it's not like, I don't know. It was, a, it was a normal week. I don't know, I just felt tenderized by the Lord, which is sweet. So um, just sharing that with you because I feel like I sound a little nasally because I've been crying, but... Um, one of the, my favorite things I got to do when, I, <clears throat> when my kids were little, I don't get to do it as much anymore because my kids are smarter and older and they've caught on. But one of the things I absolutely loved to do when they were small was I would say, hey, I got a secret for you. And they'd be like, really, dad? And I'd say, I have a secret. And they'd come over and I'd pretend I was gonna whisper a secret and I'd just do tickle bomb right on them, right there. And then they would just freak out and laugh. And then I'd say, no, 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 really, I have a secret. I really do. And they'd like, really? And I'd say, sure. It's probably not a way to build trust with your kids, but this is just what I did. I'm not, I'm not saying this is good parenting. I'm just saying this is what I did. So don't, you know, this is not a part of like the Bible. This is just me. Um, and, and they go, okay. And they think I really had it this time. And I'd bring them in and I'd, whisk, and I'd pretend like I was going to whisper. And then I'd just do tickle bomb. And then they would freak out and they'd laugh. And I would just do it as many times as I could get away with as possible. Just saying, hey, I have a secret for you. I, I want to whisper something to you. And, and then I would just tickle. The, and, and it just drove them nuts. But they, 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 they weren't sure if they, because they really would love to know a secret. And that, that was like they're the coolest thing they could possibly think of. But the only way that you get them in close is to say you got a secret. So I, I love being able to do that. It was one of our, my favorite little games that I got to do with the kids. And, and, um, uh, but I love the idea and even the thought of what a whisper actually is. The idea of, of a whisper that comes in because um, uh, you don't whisper something flippantly, right? If some you know, whisper is about nearness and closeness, right? Somebody comes up to you and if a stranger came up to you to try to whisper, you'd be like, hey, like back off, especially in COVID. Like get your COVID breath off me. Like it's like it feels weird, especially nowadays, right? But in general, whispers about intimacy. It's about nearness. You're only okay with somebody whispering that you know somewhat well. And so, in order to be able to hear a whisper, one, you got to be okay with it. It's not flippant. But two, um, it has to be quiet in order to hear it. You can't just, you can't hear if there's a bunch of noise going. In fact, we were at the dinner table last night and we're just trying to have a normal conversation and inevitably our younger kids just end up being loud for whatever reason over whatever the thing is. It's a bajillion different things. They're just so loud. So we're just having, trying to have a normal conversation. So if you try to do a whisper and there's any kind of noise, you can't hear it at all. Whisper is about intimacy and about closeness. And as we're doing this series on what it means to hear the voice of God, hear God in our life, hear his voice over our lives, one of the most important ways we see God communicating throughout the word is through a whisper. So I want us to take a look in 1 Kings 19. You're already there, and I want to set this up for you uh, before we get into this text together. Because finding the whisper of God has become critical to uh, this man called Elijah. Elijah's a prophet. Now, let me set this up for you real quick. Elijah has just shown one of the great power demonstrations of God 
in all recorded scripture. The people of God, there was a king over Israel's name was Ahab. His wife was Jezebel. They were evil people. They had opened up the door for the people of God to worship all other gods. Baal, there were Asherah, there were numbers of new religions that were being brought in and there was a demonic and broken worship that was taking place in the, among the Israelite people. And so God calls Elijah and says, it's time to stop this brokenness over my people. I want the heart of my people for me and me alone to the true and living God. And so uh, Elijah sets up a battle and he says, I want you to get all the prophets, 400 prophets from Baal. I want you to come. I want you guys to set up an altar. I'm going to come by myself and set up an altar. And we're going to see who the real God is. And so all their prophets got together. And the, the, what they had to do was, if your God is the real God, then your God has to set this up. We're going we're gonna to sacrifice a bull. We're going to put the bull on the altar. And your God, if he's real and powerful, will set this altar ablaze. And he lays down the gauntlet. So all 400 prophets from Baal, they're going and they're trying to, and they're chanting and they're, they're, going, they're literally screaming. It says the scripture, they start cutting themselves. This is, these are demonically inspired people. They're really broken. Totally broken. Can't get Baal to light up this fire in any way, form, or fashion. So Elijah steps back and he says, okay, I want, every, I want you to get four buckets of water and I want you to douse this altar unto the Lord in water, and I don't want you to do it once. I don't want you to do it twice. I want you to do it three times. I want you to just so so much so that it says there was a trench around the altar that was full of water. Poured, poured water. He prays to the living God of the universe. A fire comes down. Consume says in the scripture consumes the altar, consumes the rocks, consumes everything. It says it consumes all the water around it, and the prophets of Baal are freaking out, and then. Elijah says, charge, and they go after it, and they, they annihilate all that, which is a great story. Kind of like, oh, all right, hey, here we go, God. But, um, but annihilates all the, uh, the prophets of Baal and says, we're not, we're not standing for this demonic worship among my people. God has such a powerful love for his people. He wasn't going to stand for it at all. And so it's on the heels of this that Jezebel hears, this is the wife of Ahab, she hears that Elijah has done this thing and that the, all the prophets of Baal have been annihilated. And she says, it's, I'm going to wipe him out. I want you to kill Elijah. So now we've seen Elijah do one of these great power demonstrations in the history of scripture. And now Elijah's on the run for his life and he's frustrated and he's scared. And so from that, we come to 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 9. And so it says, he came to a cave, he's hiding, and he lodged in it, fearful for his life. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, have thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. God said, I want you to go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, 
but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. And he begins to have a conversation with the Lord. Let me pause there for a moment. Now, all throughout scripture, God shows up in these power demonstrations where he's literally moving mountains and breathing on things and moving things around. And of course, we get to see just, just before this incredible demonstration where the realness and the power of God gets to come down and consume this altar with fire. And the people have got to get used to this idea that God works in these power demonstrations and we are used to him doing that uh, and showing up that way. But what Jesus wanted to say what God wanted to say to this prophet is, listen, I know that you know that I'm in all the power demonstrations, but you need to know something. While you're on the run for your life, and now all of a sudden it feels like I'm not around, you just saw me in the power demonstration over here. Here's what you need to understand about me. I'm here in the whisper that God can do incredible and great works and stun us. And I'm asking that God would do that. And we're asking even as a church that he would continue to move and change and transform and heal and do miracle signs and wonders all over the place. But there is an important part about who God is that he wants us to remember, which is the whisper is where God is in the details, where the things that God wants to reveal to you and me are often only found in the whisper. We can see the power demonstrations. I'm so thankful for that. But there's a part of who God is that it's important for us to remember that his heart is revealed in the whisper. His power and might are revealed in beautiful demonstrations, but his heart's revealed in the whisper. This is what it's what is important for us to begin to remember even as a people is that God is still whispering. And the question is not whether God is still whispering. The question is, is how close are we willing for him to come to hear it? That's actually the question this morning. And we've been going through this entire series, unpacking the different ways that God speaks to us and what we can say beyond a shadow of a doubt throughout the scripture, throughout the word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, God is without question speaking. He wants to encounter and speak and declare over his people who he is and what he's doing, what his call is on our lives, where he wants to lead us. All of that is, is true without question. But oftentimes the word of the Lord comes in the whisper. And when it comes to a whisper, it's an issue of intimacy. And the question is, is how close are we willing to come? God speaks to us through his voice, but it's often not perceived in our crazy, rush-filled, always loud, busy culture. My wife and I were actually even having a conversation just like two or three days ago. My wife said something I thought was simple and yet so profound. So we were talking about just all of the ways in which there's just noise going on all the time. We, we can talk, you know, uh, most of us have social media accounts and are just off, often on our phones or checking those kinds of things. Or if there's even a, a, a just like a, if you've got an empty moment, the, the most normal thing in the world these days is just to grab your phone and see what's going on in the world around you. And my wife just kind of asked the question, she says, what if, uh, what, what if the, the greatest issue 
are the biggest ploy of the enemy isn't just to get, you know, listen, there's tons of garbage out there for us to interact with. What if the biggest ploy of the enemy is not just to see the garbage that's out there, but it's to just drown out the voice of the Lord? What if just the biggest thing the enemy's just trying to do is to make sure you don't hear God? Because whatever he has to say to you will bring life, will be, bring transformation, will bring hope and truth. And I, I, you know, I was struck by that question because if there is, if the heart of God is often shared through the whisper, then it becomes incumbent and apparent upon us to one, be willing for God to come near and two, to be silent enough to hear it. And that actually brings up the question of how hungry are we to hear that, to be able to receive the whisper of the Lord. So I wanna just unpack for a moment, what does it mean to hear the whisper of the Lord in our lives. How do we hear it? Where does it come from? How do we know it's God's whisper and not my own whisper and all those things? And if you want to, you can turn to Acts chapter 15 because I just want you to see this moment at which the church is actually trying to ask these questions. The church has been created by Jesus, authorized by the Holy Spirit, and they're moving forward. And guess what? They figure out that this beautiful faith of the Jewish people is now gonna be given away to the entire world, which is good news for those of you that in this room that are not from Israel or Jewish. We've all gotten to be brought into the living God of the universe and into covenant and relationship with him because of this very moment. So it's Acts chapter 15. And so the leaders are seeking to answer the question to know exactly who is supposed to go to the Gentiles with this message of Jesus? And secondly, when they go to these Gentile nations that don't know anything about Judaism, don't have any of the quote-unquote law and knowing how to offer acceptable worship to God, they're asking the question, well, how much are they supposed to participate in the things that pertain to Jewish custom and law? Because again, we're not, our faith is a Middle Eastern faith, Right? Our Christianity did not start with the Mayflower, as much as we tend to think so, right? Uh, and we love and we thank God for all the freedom that we do have in America to be able to worship Jesus freely. We get to come here, and nobody can take that away from us. We love that, but listen, this is a Middle Eastern religion, so they're asking this question. And there's this... There's these huge decisions that are going on that are not spelled out in any way, form, or fashion, where you know what Scripture is saying, or you know what God is saying, hey, the Word of God is supposed to go forward to the Gentile nation, but we don't know the specifics of how it's supposed to happen. I don't know if you've ever been there before, where you have a general understanding of what we're supposed to be walking in or what God wants to do in our lives, but we don't know the specifics. That's what we're asking the question about, right? Right? We know the general things that God is often asking. We get that through scripture, but how do we know the specifics? Let me, let me give you a for instance. Uh, general, uh, husband, we've read this text before. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. General, this is the call. Husbands, we're supposed to love our wives. The specific is how do you love your wife? And a guy, I gotta be honest with you, that's different for every guy. Because to one wife, you bring in a bouquet of flowers and she's like, oh my gosh, that was so sweet and so that, mm, and, and it's great. And she really loves that, right? But to another wife, you bring in a bouquet of flowers and she's going, I got allergies. Why'd you bring that big bag of pollen up in my face, right? That doesn't mean anything to me. That's not helpful, right? 
So the specific way in which we get to do that often is comes through those, in, those things where we get to hear the voice of the Lord. We get to learn and understand and we get the specifics get to come through that intimacy with the Lord. So these huge decisions are here before the disciples in Acts chapter 15. They know generally now that the Lord has said the, the, the word of God's going to go out to all the nations of the earth, but how are we supposed to go about doing that? And I love the insight that we get how God is speaking to the apostles in this moment. Acts chapter 15, verse 22. It says, then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, gre greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us troubled with, uh, and, and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord to choose men to send them with you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who've risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by the word of the mouth, for it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. Now, what I love here in this text, this is a very, they're asking a very specific question. We know that the word of God is supposed to go out, but what are we supposed to do when we get there with all these groups of people that aren't Jewish, and they don't know the customs, and they ask the question, here's what they say. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And I say it three different times in this, twice in the letter and, and once before the letter starts, it says, it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. There was a sense of rightness, but it was internal. What they're saying is, we didn't have a booming voice from heaven telling us the answer. There wasn't an angel with a flaming sword saying, this is what you're supposed to do, go this way. That the Holy Spirit had taken over and to say, I'm going to come into you. I'm going to make my home inside of you. And if you'll quiet your spirit, then there's going to be a way forward. I'll speak to you. I'll come over you in your hearts and in your minds. Nehemiah, we get to see the same kind of thing as he goes out to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem after it had been decimated over years. And he's coming back. And in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11, it says, So I went to Jerusalem. And was there three days, then I arose in the night and a few men with me, and I told no one what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. Meaning God sunk something deep down by his whisper in the heart, in the internal place. Nehemiah chapter seven, verse five, he says the exact same thing. He says, then God put in my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the people to be enrolled by a genealogy, put in my heart that the administration of God's will and his purpose is being perceived in part by impressions understood and felt internally, stirring the heart in specific ways, internal ways. And listen, this is the way that Jesus, we see Jesus doing his ministry in Mark chapter two, 
Jesus for forgiving people of their sins. The religious authorities are enraged, thinking, who are you to be able to forgive sins? Mark 2, verse 8 says, and immediately what? Jesus perceived in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves and said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? And Jesus does this, by the way, a number of times where he gets specific and unique revelation to be able to speak with precision and clarity into the moment. It's a powerful thing that we get to have by the Holy Spirit. Jesus not doing this because he's God. He suspends his divinity. He's fully man, fully God, but fully man. And he's operating in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, hearing the voice of the Lord. These are these impressions that we get. So, which asks a bigger question, because we, we talk about impressions. It's really not that big a deal, actually, when we talk about it, right? Because you've heard of intuition, You've heard of the idea of intuition, right? Both spiritual impressions and common intuition communicate what? Direct knowledge without any rational evidence or logical inference to support the knowledge, right? The difference is that an impression originates from the heart of God. This idea of having an internal thing that is telling you where to go, we like to call it intuition in America. Nobody has a problem with that. The idea that we have a sense of what we're supposed to do or accomplish from an internal source, not some external source telling us what to do, but an idea, that's not really that far-fetched for us. The difference here is we don't want intuition. What we want is the voice of the king of the universe. So we aren't afraid of this idea. The question is, are we just willing to incline our ear to hear it? Because he's got instruction for our hearts and our lives. This is an ability that if you are a follower of Jesus, you have been given intrinsically because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, has made his home inside of you. And even as I say that, let that blow our minds just for a moment. Creator of the universe, the one who just spoke all of the universe into existence, his home is in you. Let that blow your minds. Let that fill you up with encouragement. If you're going, well, it doesn't feel like it, don't worry about that. There's a truth that supersedes the feeling. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. And God, listen, if you don't think that he's re not ready to speak and to direct, then church, you've misunderstood the heart of the king of the universe. He's here and he's ready. He's ready to move. He wants to inhabit us and to move our hearts. Our hearts aren't a place just for God to sit. He's ready to speak, right? What's the if you even ask the question, what's the point of having God make his home inside of us? Is it just to say that he's there or is there something he wants to do? Are there places he wants to go? Are there things he wants to say? Is there miracles he wants to author? Is there reconciliation he wants to bring about? Every one of us gets to be conduits of that. But there's a partnership that the Lord's calling us to. And we can try to mystify it all we want to, but when someone comes that close, he's there on, for, he's there on purpose to speak. And the truth is, is, listen, it might feel weird at first. 
right? Even when we say, I, I really, I'm wanting to hear the voice of the Lord, or even as we, we preach about it, it might even just feel like for a minute, like, hey man, you're treading on weird territory. I hope so. I hope I'm treading all over weird territory. For, I hope this is messing you up, or you're just going, I don't know, Keith, this is weird. But I do wanna say this. Listen, weird isn't weird for weird's sake. It's weird because the the Lord who is spirit is asking us to interact with him that are made in the flesh, made in his image. And he's saying, hey, I'm asking you to come across the border, to come into a new boundary because there's a kingdom I'm operating in. It totally functions differently and it's way better. And I want you to come into it. And my voice is leading you. In that place, you can be totally operating here in this realm, but you're operating by a different directive that comes from me, and it's life-giving. It can be life-giving for you and life-giving for everyone around you. And so it may be unfamiliar, but church, this is the territory we should be looking to move into, is say, hey, Lord, show us where you're we're going. We, listen, church, this is the hour for impact to the church and the chaos of the world around us this is the moment for us to be hearing the voice of the Lord to be moving forward. So the question is this. Here's the big question. We'll, we'll finish up with this. How do I know it's God's voice and not mine? That's the big question. How do I know it's God's voice and not just my intuition? That's what we want to know, right? So this is how you know it's God's voice. I'm just going to give you, and this, these are from some scripture, but we'll go through it a little bit quickly. Uh, number one, listen, God's voice is always consistent with his word. Uh, if you missed last week's message, you can go back. The word of God is the is the founding, it's the central point. Nothing happens with the voice of God that isn't anchored in the word of God, right? The point of God's whisper is always to encourage us, to spur us on to what he's already revealed to us in scripture. So it's there, we wanna say yes to it. Two, God's voice is often guidance on how to fulfill God's word in specific ways, right? So we know that the Lord's called us to be a people who encourage. So, so, the, uh, so the idea, if you don't know if you've ever had the idea of just sending an encouraging note, right? You could go, well, maybe that's just intuition. I saw somebody the other day and I thought, you know, I should send them an encouraging note. You can maybe say that's intuition. I would say, listen, that's the heart of God, ready to stir something in you. In fact, um, I don't know if you've ever had something pulled up to your mind to pray about that doesn't normally come to your mind. I was even just this like my, my sister who she lives in Dallas and uh, we talk every once in a while. We don't talk all the time, but for three days in a row, she had come up in my mind and I just was like, uh, why does she keep coming up in my mind? And I, you, you could say it's intuition. I, what I've had a sense is the Holy Spirit was just trying to say something. I just want to be attuned. So just, just one, I just want to start praying for her and then I just want to send her a text and just say, hey, I just want you to know I love you like crazy. Can't wait to see you for family vacation in a few weeks. I have no idea what's going on in her life. She might be even watching this right now. I've got no idea. I love you, Sam. But I, I, you know what? I, I don't know, but what I know is this. These are the kinds of things that I want to start inclining my ear to. What is the Lord speaking and saying? Are there specific ways to encourage, Right. We'll get to see all throughout the scripture. There's specific ways that the Lord wants to encourage our hearts to fulfill the word of God, maybe to, to speak words of life or to encourage someone. But we want to continue to step into all of the ways that the scripture has called us to by these unique ways that the Lord speaks to us. Uh, also, God's voice is often different than you would normally think. Different than you would normally think. This isn't an absolute, but this can be true, meaning this. So just a couple weeks ago, I thought, you know what? I've, listen, I'm 44. I gotta stop eating so much sugar. It's just a thing, 
right? I gotta just lay off the sugar, probably some bread too. But I, I, and so this is just something that a conviction came over me, so I'm gonna work through it, all right? But the other, so last night, just as a treat for the kids, we have a homemade uh, ice cream machine maker thing. And uh, I don't know if you've ever done it, but homemade ice cream's the best. It's the greatest. And so we're making this ice cream and we made, we made dark chocolate ice cream. It's like my favorite. I don't even know. We made it and it was just so good. And so uh, we, we, we made some, gave um, all, some to all the kids. And I just knew like this, I'm just gonna give myself two, two tastes, two bites, two tastes. But then afterward, I was having to put all the other ice cream up. <laughs> and I swear to you, I heard in my mind, plunge your face into this right now. I just felt like it was in my heart, in my spirit. Just throw it in. And then I knew that's not God. <laughs> that's okay. That's me. And there's a discerning here. You know what? And you know how I know that wasn't God? Because that's what I would always think when I'm around chocolate ice cream. Just plunge your face in there. It'd be amazing, right? This is what you do when chocolate ice cream is available to you, always. That's a normal thought. That's not a God thought. I always think that way. God's often helping say, hey, Keith, limit yourself to two, two, two spoonfuls here. That's what he's trying to say. I, I, I have so many of these different kind of stories where... Um, uh, just different things that we've done. One time, the, uh, the, we had a young man that was um, living in our home, one of the college students. I was a college pastor. We had been married just a year or so. We had a young man that was living with us for the summer because he didn't want to go back home and uh, wanted to keep investing in the church. And so, But we had a sense from the Lord, and it kind of came out of nowhere. We were supposed to give him a pretty large sum of money. And he was about to get engaged, and we just felt like we were supposed to do that. It wasn't honestly something we felt like we had really to be able to give away, but we just felt like, and this, it was a different, it wasn't a normal thought. I normally go around going like, hey, how can I just put, give away money? I don't really feel like I have. But it was just something that the Lord did that did in us. It was confirmed. We felt it together. We confirmed it together. And we went ahead and did that. Cool. One of the coolest, one of the coolest stories we've got to be a part of, but uh, unbeknownst to us, the Lord had asked him to give a, a, a little bit of money away it was, it was a lot to him. He was a college kid. It was a hundred bucks. It was like his last month, last hundred bucks he had. And he felt like the Lord had told him to give it away, but he knew he was trying to save for an engagement ring. And so he just trusted the Lord to do that. And he gave it away. And three days later, we come to him with our gift and he's like blown away. And he's crying and we're crying and we're all like, God's showing up here because he's saying things that aren't normal, but he's doing supernatural stuff. I want to be a part of the supernatural. Do you guys want to be a part of the supernatural? It doesn't mean we have to cook stuff up or create weird things. In fact, one of the things that we know is that God's voice is going to lead us just to love and serve others. If you have a sense or something, a call to love and serve other people, let me tell you, that's hearing from the heart of God. That's what he wants to do. And we know that, you know why? Because that's how he treats us, because he loves and serves us. It's who he is. And we'll finish with this one. God's voice uh, often will ask us to step out in faith or to take a risk. Sometimes we just have to step out, take a risk. He'll ask us to do that. And I'll, I'll say this, listen, just because it feels risky doesn't mean it's God, but God will often ask us to do something that's outside of our comfort zone. 
And uh, we've gotten to testify many times, but we wouldn't be here in Tennessee. It made no sense for us financially. It made no sense to move away from all the family we've ever known. But the Lord is speaking it, and we stepped out. It's been life-giving for us. We've seen the goodness of the Lord. And so the Lord's gonna ask us. And so here, I just wanna give you a, a series of really good questions to ask when you're going like, how can I discern? How can I know? And I know we need to wrap up here. What's the Lord leading me to do? These are a series of good questions that we can ask. What's the Lord leading me to do? What would I lead me to do? And what would the enemy lead me to do? I'm gonna tell you, it's a significant set of questions just to begin to ask. If you find yourself at a crossroad, you're not really sure, this is a great series of questions. Just as I can't guarantee it'll answer all the questions, but asking this out loud and see if the Holy Spirit won't give you exact kind of discernment that you need. When you go, well, what would the enemy want to do? What, do I, what would I do? And what would, the, what would the Lord lead me to do? It's just a great series of questions. It's not a fix all. It's just a way to say, listen, this is important, Lord. And I want to keep asking these questions in my life. And then I'll just finish with this because I think this is the point of even all of us coming together to circle around this issue. And that's this. Listen, God has given us his church to help us discern and know his voice. That's the point of us being a family together. I love going back to Acts 22. It seemed good to the apostles and the elders and look, and the whole church to choose men from among them to send to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They're just looking for the way forward. And what they said is, what's the Holy Spirit saying? What, is the, what are the elders saying? What are the apostles saying? What's the church saying? I gotta be honest with you. Being a part of this church and not being in relationship seems kind of pointless. Be a part of a church where we can wrap arms with each other and discern with each other and share our burdens with each other and encourage each other. You guys, come on up. We'll finish up this morning. We only got a couple minutes. The point of having a people of God together is to be able to say, hey, let's link arms and, and cover each other to pray. You guys stand with me. Father, we just want to take this moment to come before you and say your voice is more important than anything. Your word is more important than anything. What we see from your scripture and how to live it out in very specific ways, we want to do that. We don't want to be afraid to step into the unknown. We don't want to be afraid to take risks. We want to listen to what you have to say and the ways that you want to shape our lives. We want to be a community of believers that are encouraging each other to hear from you and walk with you, to be in relationship with each other, to pray for each other, to hear your voice. I thank you, Lord, that you're building a community here that are a people ready to receive from you and to say yes. Help us to obey. Help us to be in relationship. Help us to cover each other. Lord, but more than anything, open our ears. In fact, right now, would you just ask the Lord? Say, Lord, would you help me listen for your whisper this week? I might be tempted to turn on the radio. I might be tempted to pick up my phone 
and not that the radio is wrong or bad or that the phone is wrong or bad, but it's entirely possible that those things are dulling my ability just to hear from you from time to time. And I just wanna start inclining my ear. Lord, is there anything you have to say? Just to walk with you. Just wanna walk with you in friendship, Lord. In just a minute, we'll have our, uh, as we close out this morning, we're gonna have some of our prayer partners, our elders and some prayer partners down here just to be able to pray over you. And here's what I want. Listen, connect with each other. Connect with our prayer partners if you want to, but let's pray and just ask God to keep moving. If the Lord's got something going on in your life, let us partner with you. Or you just want a, a new sensitivity to the word of the Lord over your life, we wanna do that as well. But we wanna be a people that cover each other and walk with each other and discern and hear and just praying and asking God to do it is step one. Being a people that pray for each other, say, God, come speak to us. We're gonna have that opportunity. In fact, uh, as, as I dismiss, I'm gonna have our team just sing over us as we go. I wanna remind you that Coffee and Conversation is available at 1110 in the, in the great room. Uh, I would love just to be able to have another great way just to be able to get to know each other and learn from each other and walk with each other. It's a great open opportunity. If you don't want to share, you don't have to, but it's a great chance to just be their small group to be able to have coffee and conversation. So we've got some pastries and stuff you can have there as well. We've got small groups for all of your kids, young kids, old kids. We have small group for uh, uh, all of our teens, everyone. So you guys be able to just hang here. This is a great opportunity to get to know each other, to cover each other. But Father, I, we just ask and we finish this morning by just saying, Lord, we want your presence and we want your word. Help us to hear from you. Let our hearts be quiet and intimate to receive your whisper and to know you, to hear your voice fresh again. We love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray all of these things. Amen and amen.